Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast. I am your host, Allie Monroe. With me today, I have Rudo, Harrison Wynn, Drew Creaseman, and Ryan Koningsberg. Before we get started, I got to talk to you guys about Zoom Care. Zoom Care is an awesome partner we have where you get to go to the doctor via Zoom, basically. Um, and that's something that we've learned during this pandemic that we can do so many more things from the comfort of our own home, not needing to sit in a doctor's office, which you know that can take hours. Um, you can literally just sign up to Zoom Care right now. And you can get a diagnosis from your own home from the doctor. Um, It's through video care. Video care is like a trip to Zoom care just from your couch. You can see here in chat with your doctor, just like a traditional office visit. Get secure access to urgent, primary, and specialist care, including mental health. Video care is covered by most private insurances. And usually you just have a copay. Remember, supporting our partners is supporting us, so helping this partner out. Um, they need to increase their video visits for Colorado, so check them out today at Z-O-O-M-C-A-R dot com, zoomcare.com. Today, we are talking about the best trades in Denver sports history. I am obviously still recovering from my wisdom teeth removal. If you're on camera or over the stream, you guys can tell this part of my face is still numb. I'll talk about of my experience with Green Mountain Dental Group and getting my wisdom teeth out uh, a little bit later, but that's why my mouth like looks weird. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can tell, but I can tell so clearly, so I just had to say something. No one probably would have noticed until you pointed it out. Oh, it's so weird. It, like, and my mouth is still numb. Um, but let's just jump right into it. Nobody out. Three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsay breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landeskog. He has done it again. Vaughn Miller, ladies and gentlemen. Dump two hands. Nikola Jokic. Save me by Grubauer with the left pad. Oh, goodness gracious me. Take a good luck. You won't see it for long. Two on home run. Trevor Story. Lock. End zone. Touchdown. talked about the worst trades in Denver sports history. We keep hearing news about the fact that, you know, Deshaun Watson, there's still a chance he may be a Denver Bronco. So we want to talk about these trades. Um, Rudo, let's start off with you. What, in your opinion, is the best Avs trade in their history? So if we're sticking to Avs history, it's a very easy answer. If we're not sticking to Avs history and we're including Quebec, it's also a very easy answer, but it's a different answer. <laughs> um, the greatest trade 
possibly in the history of sports is the <laughs> Eric Lindros trade uh, for Quebec. This trade is still affecting the NHL by the dozens today. Uh, you can trace these branches out ridiculously far. It's attached to so many of the key pieces that ended up playing for the Colorado Avalanche that came down from the Quebec Nordiques. So that trade's great. I'm not going to get into it any more than that because it's not really Avs history. Avs history is, of course, Patrick Waugh. Well, hold on. How many championships were won because of the Lindros trade? The original trade? Yes. The exact same amount that were won because of Patrick Waugh. Technically, the Patrick Waugh trade is part of the Eric Lindros trade tree. Okay. All right. Well, you might have to build the whole tree out for us. Um, <laughs> you guys actually want to see this? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I feel okay. like we need to see this. Um, this is... I was going to say, somebody sent me this graphic a couple weeks ago, and this is nuts. I did this two years ago. So this is up to date as of 2018. Um, let me see if I can find a decent copy. People are already saying the trade tree is huge. Yeah, it might take a little bit to load. So key acquisitions specifically for the Avs include Patrick Waugh's part of this trade tree. Peter Forsberg was a direct piece involved in it. Um, if you don't know about the Lindros trade, this wasn't even like some magical trade that Quebec pulled off. They drafted Lindros first overall, and Lindros refused to play for them because it was too small of a market. So they were forced to trade him, and they ended up making a deal with the Philadelphia Flyers for a handful of pieces. And by a handful, I mean like five or six, and the rest is history. Lindros, an automatic Hall of Famer, but never managed to win a Stanley Cup, whereas... Obviously, the Avs have won two. Many other pieces down this line have won a handful. Uh, yeah, the trade tree, <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to bring it up. There are literally hundreds <laughs> that have spawned from this. So it's taken a little bit of a, a time to load. But while we load it up, the Patrick Watt trade has to be the greatest in Colorado history. I, the only other player that you can argue was acquired and as as the goat is maybe Peyton Manning that came in to a Colorado team. Uh Manning was a free agent if I'm not yep. mistaken. So mm-hmm. not even a trade there. Uh, Wa was not. And it in French Canada, this is simply known as lay trade. <laughs> you don't have to. It, it's, the, it's just the trade. Everybody knows what it is when you say that. So the shot, the drive. Yeah, exactly. The trade. <laughs> the play. Uh, the pieces going back. First of all, the Avs also got Mike Keen, a nice bottom six grinder in it, just because. Jocelyn Tebow, Martin Rosinski, and Andre Kovalenko. That's yeah, correct. His son is Nikolai. All right, I almost got those mixed up. Three decent NHL hockey players, none of which had anywhere close to Hall of Fame careers, none of which went on to win a Stanley Cup. Patrick Watt comes in and ends up winning two with the Avalanche after having already won two in Montreal. (laughs) We could stand here and, and debate all day, but many, many people believe Patrick Watt to be the greatest goaltender of all time. 
the greatest avalanche of player of all time. And he was acquired via trade. So I think it's an interesting conversation, the Matt Duchesne trade. There may be a day in the future where that's in the conversation, but. Yeah, people brought that one up in the comments. It could get there. It could get there, but someone from that trade's got to make the Hall of Fame. And these dudes have to start winning some cups before you can really have that conversation. So maybe someday um, this might be loading. Um, so someone in the comments asked, where would you rank that Duchesne trade in house history right now, Rudo? I mean, it's really hard to rank because it hasn't fully developed yet. Uh, you have super solid piece in Sam Gerard. Bowen Byram has less than 15 NHL games experience, technically part of that trade. So if he goes on to have a Hall of Fame career, that trade is unbelievable. If he is a bottom pairing NHL defenseman, it's still a very good trade, but you're not really talking about it as, you know, top five necessarily in Avs history. Avs have acquired some pretty good players over the years. Rob Blake, another Hall of Famer that they got via trade. So it's not like... There is, there's nothing going on in their history. They uh, also acquired Ray Bork, which they got because they had acquired Claude Lemieux. The Az made a lot of trades in the 90s, let me tell you. <laughs> they made a lot of trades, some really good, some really bad. And that is because of things like this Eric Lindros trade, which you're not even going to be able to read this, but that's fine. Uh, here you go. Did you get it? Yeah. Okay, it's coming up. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> oh my god. Beauty right here. And this uh there's there's more to this, but yeah. <clears throat> For people who are just listening to this podcast, um it is just there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's like the only way to describe it. Like you can't even see like all the teams and all everything that all the implications that it yeah. had, but I mean, you can zoom in to like other random parts and all all right so you can't see it super well but you can see blue and red squares here as of 2018 these red squares were all still active branches of this trade wow that is crazy that is really really crazy it uh it spirals out of control very very quickly I was at one point planning to do a video on this, but you should uh, maybe someday. I mean, I'll get... it may be too much, yeah, but like, I, I'd be super intrigued to see do a feature length film on this. So maybe someday, <laughs> but when we have the production, when we have all the people in production to help us out with it. <laughs> yeah. So Lindros may be for greatest trade ever, but for avalanche history it has to be Patrick. Well, Okay, I have a lot of people talking about Duchesne, but we'll have to, especially on Twitter, people are saying if you don't say Duchesne, then you don't watch, uh, you don't know Denver sports. But like you said, we just don't know modern all era, of the implications. Yeah, of that modern one. era could definitely make a case for Duchesne. Um, it's certainly better than the O'Reilly trade as far as the, the two biggest ones under Joe Sackick. Uh, but always the go to beat Patrick Wall. All right, let's keep going with Ball Arena first real quick, though. This podcast, of course, is presented by Breckenridge Brewery. 
And Breck just came out with some seltzers, good company seltzers. I haven't had any yet. I'm excited to have some soon this weekend. Harrison, which is your favorite flavor? I heard you took like all of the apple. Is that what it is? You literally like had all of them? No, I'm not an apple guy. Not at all. Um, which one was it? I'm all about the peach. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, the peach. Def that definitely one was your not favorite. an apple guy. Definitely not an apple guy. <laughs> uh, Ryan, you like, which one was your favorite? Honeydew, big honeydew guy. All right. I'm excited to try all of these. Um, tomorrow, the DMVR bar is going to be popping because we have an Avs game, a Nuggets game, and Buffs games. So it's just going to be crazy. We're going to be, I think Rudo is going to do the Nugget challenge. We're going to be there watching the Avs. We're going to have some Breck Brews. It's going to be a really fun night. So definitely stop by. Of course, the DMVR bar is following all of the COVID-19 precautions and um, everything that we need to. Um, so we are first come, first serve. But it's going to be a fun one. Drew just left. Drew just said, you know what? I'm done with this show and, and peaced out. Um, slander Carmel Anthony in this next segment, and Drew just already had to peace out. That he wasn't was even. like, nope, I know where this is going, and I don't want it. <laughs> I will give right, Chad Harrison. credit. They did at least get the Evs' worst trade correct. Oh. Chris Drury was their worst, so, you know. There you go. Lacroix had his, uh, his misses, too, but he, he hit on enough, that's for sure. And everybody Everyone's just dropping. dropping. Okay. Okay, um, Harrison, let's move on to basketball nuggets. What do you think is the best nuggets trade in their history? So like Rudo was saying with the Avs and acquiring their best player ever in a trade, the Nuggets also acquired their best player in franchise history via trade. In 1980, the Nuggets traded George McGinnis to the Pacers for Alex English. And Alex English, of course, First player in NBA history to record 2,000 points in eight consecutive seasons. He made eight all-star teams with the Nuggets uh, from 1982 to 89. He led the Nuggets to eight consecutive playoff appearances from 82 uh, to 1990. And this was like an incredible trade uh, for Denver. Like George McGinnis, he was an all-star in Denver for one season, but he was clearly on the downside of his career. Um, he was out of the league, I think, three years after the trade. And Alex English, you know, he averaged like 15 points a game uh, for Indiana the season before Denver traded for him. And then he just exploded uh, once he got to Denver. Uh, like I said, he averaged 21 points per game over the next 10 seasons in Denver, led the league in scoring one season. And like he's recognized as the best player in franchise history. And to get him in that deal, and I think the Nuggets also got a first round pick in that trade. Um, just an incredible deal, an incredible deal. And like Alex English, face of the Nuggets for for a decade. Um, so, yeah, I think it's that trade. Uh, I have to ask, though, you keep saying best player in franchise history. Are you operating under <laughs> the uh, assumption that it's just a matter of time for Nikola Jokic? Yeah, like I don't know when that exact handoff is going to take place. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's taking place like as we speak. <laughs> It, it might be. I don't know. It could be taking place this season. We'll see what happens. But, I mean, Alex English was in Denver for 11 years, yeah. you know, and uh, 10 all-star appearances, like 10 straight all-star appearances. So um, that's a lot. I mean, yeah. the, the longevity of that is a lot. Jokic, yeah, he, he will eventually supplant him for sure. 
for people who didn't get to watch Alex English, who's a, how, who would you compare his game to? I mean, he was he was a scorer, but like he he was a smooth scorer. Um, I mean, he led the league in scoring one year, averaged twenty eight and a half a game, so he could absolutely get buckets. He was six seven. Um, so I don't know. That's that's a good question, but you know, he was athletic. He could he could do a little bit of everything. Um, uh, underrated rebounder. Like he averaged 7.3 rebounds per game one year, averaged nine and a half rebounds per game his first season in Denver. Um, so I think he's actually like underrated historically. I remember when um, the NBA came out with like their greatest 50 players of all time. I think he might have an argument to be on it, but he, he was left off that list. Um, I think he's underrated historically. Yeah. The other follow-up would be, is there any way for the Carmelo trade to surpass this trade, the Alex English trade? Because obviously, you know, one thing that I don't think a lot of people know is that Jamal Murray is the last piece of that trade. Yeah. No, the Carmelo trade's definitely up there. And it's like when you have a superstar player that demands out and he says, I only want to go to one of two places. I only want to go to the Knicks or the Nets. You don't have a ton of leverage if you're Denver. And yeah. the fact that they were able to, and Masai Ujiri was able to get Daniel Gallinari, who was just a staple in Denver and was probably underrated for just the years and how good of a soldier he was on a couple of bad teams towards the end of it. Um, Wilson Chandler, uh, Raymond Felton, who was good in Denver. And then, yeah, like you said, RK, the final piece of that deal was Jamal Murray, um, who, who they got, obviously, with that number seven overall pick in 2016. So, I mean, yeah, that trade's up there for sure. And obviously, if that trade eventually supplants that English deal, probably depends on just how good Jamal Murray gets, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it would have to be <clears throat> the Nuggets maybe even winning a championship to potentially surpass that just because even if they do do that, Jamal Murray is obviously not going to be the, the centerpiece of that championship team, although he very well could be the centerpiece of a championship run. Um, so, yeah, I mean, were there any other draft picks in there or was it just that one that was like protected, 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 and finally the protection came off and that's when they got Jamal? Oh, man, that's a good question. I think it might have been the the only one that actually, like, ended up with Being the, making the pick. Yeah. Um, I could be mistaken on that, but I, I think you're right in saying that. Like, the Nuggets would have to win a championship with Jamal Murray as, you know, a centerpiece to become the best trade ever because, like, the Nuggets with Alex Ingers, uh, they made a conference finals – they made the conference semis, I think, three times in that kind of 10-year run of him being in the playoffs. So they had some damn good teams with him. Uh, the other trade that I was thinking about here is the uh, Allen Iverson deal mm-hmm. when they dealt Allen Iverson to Detroit for Chauncey Billups. And, like, Iverson was obviously on his last legs then, and then Chauncey gets here. And I've said this on this show before, like the Nuggets don't get to the Western Conference Finals that season. I don't think if it's not for Chauncey Billups, like he totally changed that team. Um, 
so that was like another unbelievable deal too. I think it's interesting that we have two deals that we are still waiting the outcome of, but that could potentially be huge for both the Avs and the Nuggets. Yeah. The the mellow trade, like the, the other thing about that trade is people were expecting the Nuggets to enter this rebuild. Carmel even had like a, a quote on the Woj pod a couple of days ago that came out. And he was like, yeah, I could sense Denver was trying to rebuild. And like, I didn't, I didn't want to stick around for that. And the Nuggets were still a really good team after that trade. Like they were still in the uh, upper tier of the Western Conference. After trading Mello, they were able to kind of stabilize and have some really good teams and some really fun teams after that. Yep. That yeah, really I mean, helped soften the blow for Nuggets fans and just Denver sports fans. Yeah. Is like, first of all, the fact that they were able to get that return in that trade is crazy. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, not, not to bring the Rockies into it, but <laughs> you, you look at what happened with Nolan Arenado and just the Rockies weren't forced to trade him. And it, and it wasn't a situation where he said, I'm yes, only going they to. Were. Well, okay. <laughs> he, it's different than Carmelo in the sense that everyone knew yes. Carmelo wanted out. And he said, I want to go to New York or the, or I want to go to the Knicks or the Nets. And like, at that point, the Nuggets just had no leverage. And it was, you know, I guess nice of Carmelo to let him know that he wasn't going to resign here. So they had a chance to do this in the first place, but he also really hurt them by it being so public where he wanted to go. So for them to be able to turn it around, that helped. And then for that team to come in and just be fun, like it was like George Carl's, like, uh, you know, it was George Carl's fever dream. Is yes, what it was. Exactly. I was, like, was going to say a different kind of dream, but I wanted to keep it appropriate. <laughs> so yeah. I, 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 you, you saved me there, but yeah, it was like everything he had ever wanted. Yeah, no superstars, a running gun team that just got up and down and played hard and played fast, that just shared the ball. That's exactly what George Carl always wanted to coach. Yeah, and it, and so yeah, them you know winning so many games was like okay, all right, it's not the end of the world that Carmelo left. Yeah. The yeah. comments are agreeing 100% with you, Harrison, with just Alex English being the biggest one. I'm seeing it on Twitter and all through the comments. Um. Let's move on to Broncos and Rockies. But first, Green Mountain Dental Group. I got my wisdom teeth out. I told you guys I was scared. I didn't come. I didn't record a podcast last week because I was still super, super swollen. Um, Honestly, I had a terrible wisdom teeth experience. But (laughs) Green Mountain Dental Group was really, really great. Checked in on me like every other day. Made sure I got antibiotics when I needed them, when I got an infection. Obviously, you never know with wisdom teeth the way that Uh, It just depends on the person and the healing. Um, So I loved my experience with Green Mountain Dental Group. Brian went out there and filmed with me, watched the whole thing. They were just really understanding, really nice, and just treated you truly like family. Um, Like I said, Dr. Ben would give me a call, make sure that I'm good, make sure if I needed anything, uh, he would get those antibiotics for me, painkillers, whatever. So I truly, truly recommend going to Green Mountain Dental Group. I am hoping that this experience for me, my wisdom teeth experience is soon going away. Like I said earlier, my mouth is still numb and I'm still dealing with some pain. Um, So get your wisdom teeth out now if you have it, because the recovery once you get older is not fun. I recommend doing it ASAP and I recommend uh, doing it with Green Mountain Dental Group. Such a great um, family owned dentist practice. They are just 15 minutes away from downtown Denver and they are just 
fantastic. And they're looking to hire. So if you are interested in getting a job, definitely check them out. We always say supporting our partners supports, uh, truly supports us. So I highly recommend them. Dr. Ben was fantastic. And I didn't believe, I had so many people in the comments telling me like, oh, good luck. It's going to be like really bad. And I didn't believe any of you. I thought it was going to be fine. You were all right. Um, but thankfully I had a great doctor, great dentist who has been helping me out the whole way through. So shout out to Green Mountain Dental Group. Definitely check them out. Drew, let's move on to you. I know the comments are really excited to talk Broncos on this one, but we're going to finish off with that one. I'm not saying they're not excited no, to talk No, 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 Rockies. I understand. <laughs> no one's excited to talk Rockies right now. It's fine. Um, but we're going to because we talk about all of them, no matter what. You're going to um, get your Rockies talking. You're going to like it. Exactly. Sit there and enjoy this. Damn it. Drew, you're about to hear about your, Casey Weathers. In your opinion, what is the best Rockies trade? See, it's a positive. It's not a negative. We don't have to talk about Nolan. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so on the other end of the spectrum from that, there, there are actually a number of candidates here. I do think that, uh, ironically, the best trade in Rockies history, just to go straight to it, not get, we'll talk about honorable mentions in a second, but was a trade of a superstar. It was the trade of Matt Holiday that landed the team. Uh, Carlos Gonzalez, who then became a Mount Rushmore member of the organization, but also Houston Street, who had an extraordinarily a successful 2009 season for the Colorado Rockies right up until right. the moment yeah. he blew it in the NLDS. I'm going to say a regular season. <laughs> uh, but I believe he only blew two saves that year. Guy was just automatic and, and had a decent little tenure with the Rockies. But when you get, you know, another superstar to replace the one you moved out and somebody who ends up actually having a better Rockies career, not a better overall career. Matt Holiday had the better overall career, but and again, you know, we're talking about this. Uh, some of these guys get a pass, but, you know, no, Matt, Matt Holiday didn't come out quite as publicly as Carmelo Anthony did. I don't know why. Nolan Arenado came out way more publicly than any of these guys did. So, you know, uh, but whatever it was, it was clear Matt Holiday wasn't coming back to the Colorado Rockies. He was going to cost too much. Wasn't going to happen. And so they were in a spot where they had almost no leverage. You know, uh, they, they, just had to move him at the deadline. Uh, they knew they weren't going to get, and uh, that the other team getting him wasn't going to have him for that long. In fact, what's really ironic about that trade too, is that he went to Oakland for cargo and Houston street and another pitcher actually who ended up being fine. And uh, Matt holiday was bad in Oakland and they had to ship him to St. Louis before he resumed his near hall of fame trajectory. So uh, if you look at it in that way, certainly from the Rockies A's, portion of it that's the most one-sided win over another team the Rockies have ever had in a move and Cargo's dope I don't know if you guys yeah. know that or not I don't know if <laughs> anyone's aware of that but Cargo's like one of the coolest people ever yeah you know this is different but when I think of like losing a great and just instantly replacing them like that um I look to like the the Colts who it was their choice to move on from Peyton Manning so you know let's keep that in mind but like they went they went straight from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck and it was just like the seamless transition and everyone's like how do you get to, that's so lucky how do you get to do that for the Rockies you know it's pretty similar for them to lose Matt Holiday, who was everyone's favorite player at the time um you know he should have won MVP in 2007 and to turn around and end up with cargo and and by the way I believe it was the manager Jim Tracy at the time yeah he deserves some credit for this because 
Cargo is not an instant success. Right. And I remember him hitting, I mean, I think sub 100 yeah. early on in his Rockies career. And Jim Tracy just being like, look, I got to stick with this kid. I got to stick with him. And obviously that worked out really well. But, you know, there's an alternate universe where they send him down to AAA. And for whatever reason, it strikes his confidence. And we don't get the cargo that we got. Right. I, I think those type of trades are the most impressive for me because – you know, talking about Patrick Law, that's how the Avs made their two Stanley Cups was Patrick Law said, I'm not playing another game in Montreal. You have to mm-hmm. trade me. So it's a lot easier to get value on that side of yeah. a trade as compared to a player who wants out and you still turn that into another superstar. That's tough to do. Yeah, absolutely. There were a few other Rockies honorable mentions. The acquisition of DJ LeMahieu for Ian Stewart and Casey Weathers, two <laughs> prospects who totally flamed out after that. Uh, and the, the Rockies also got Tyler Colvin back in that deal who had one really good year for the Rockies and then and then no other ones. But DJ obviously is a star-level player in this game and, and was kind of the throw-in in that piece. And uh, yeah, Bichette. Uh, so I had to go and look up the Dante Bichette one. I was trying to think of the old deals. De La Rosa. But, so Dante Bichette was acquired for somebody named Kevin Reimer. You look him up. Uh, <laughs> I did too. There's not much on that baseball reference page. And uh, Jorge De La Rosa, I, I had totally forgotten. For, in my mind, that was a free agent acquisition, but again, another guy. And those are kind of the ones where maybe you hit on some luck a little bit there. Nobody knew De La Rosa was going to be what he was. And the Rockies acquired him. Uh, De La might have been like a a player to be named later or like picked up in the rule five draft or like one of those real low level, silly baseball trades that takes like, like 20 minutes of explanation to explain to a normal person why this is even happening. Um, But yeah, those are, those are solid, solid pickups, but the DJ, I think, no, I, I, no, I'm there. trying to see if the comments had anyone, but I don't see. I think you hit on those. The tandem deals at the 2017 trade deadline, I thought were really good. The Pat Neshek, Jonathan LaCroix acquisitions. I thought those guys fit that team perfectly, helped drive them into that wild card game. I really, really wish the Rockies could have figured out a way to keep one or both of them. They tried with LaCroix. They offered him more money. Um but I'm a little biased on that one because I've been campaigning all year for the Rockies to acquire those two specific players. <laughs> so when they did that at the deadline, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> hey, listen. Oh, the Marquez trade. That's yeah. silly that I forgot about that. Bringing in Harman Marquez uh, for Corey Dickerson, who was also running out of time and couldn't play defense. Yeah. Good hitter, though. Yeah, guy can rake. Yeah. Nice guy. <laughs> I like Corey Dickerson. But... Terrible defender. And Herman Marquez is a stud. You get pitching like that for, for a one-dimensional hitter, you, you do it every time. And they also brought in Jake McGee. And while people aren't very fond of Jake McGee, <laughs> he was instrumental in that 2017 run. So, yeah. All right, Ryan. Let's finish off with some Broncos talk. What do you think is the best Broncos trade? I know there's a few. So give me your favorite, and then we'll do honorable mention as well. Okay, well, I'm going to – here's the thing with the Broncos is there's one that's just like it wins this conversation. You just snap your fingers and it's kind of over, And at least in my opinion, and it's John Elway. Um, The the thing about this one, though, is it kind of goes back to what Rudo was just saying about how, you know, these deals aren't as impressive. 
like the Baltimore Colts selected John Elway number one overall. And then John Elway was just like, I'm not playing here. And his dad was like, (laughs) he's not playing for that coach. And he's not playing for Jim Ursay, which very smart uh, of, of John Elway's father uh, to say that because you know, that what, whatever. Um, But (laughs) so the Broncos, you know, first of all, the Colts, the Baltimore Colts didn't have much um, leverage in the deal. And the Broncos ended up trading them. Uh, Chris Hinton, I believe his name is, uh, a uh, yeah, an offensive tackle. And their first-round pick, who turned into a guy by the name of Ron Solt. Uh, and the Broncos got John Elway, you know, the single biggest sports figure in Denver sports history. Um, you know, de- delivered two championships here as a player and then another one as a general manager. Like, it's it's as good as it gets, but... There was no real risk in it for the Broncos. They got the number one overall pick at quarterback. Imagine if Trevor Lawrence said, I'm not playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, that's what this was. Mm-hmm. And it's it was just an easy trade. Um, so, with that in mind, I nominate the one which I believe is much more of a move. And that is the Broncos trading Clinton Portis for Champ Bailey and a second-round pick, which is just, it, it, you know, that's my favorite part of this is that the Broncos also got the second-round pick on top of it after they just completely (laughs) smacked uh, the Redskins in this trade. And I can say that because that was their name at the time. Um, You know, here's the thing about Clinton Portis. This dude was off to a historic start. And I think you can make the case that had he stayed in Denver with Mike Shanahan, where he was just a perfect fit for that system, he might be be being talked about as as another first ballot hall of famer he has 1500 uh, rushing yards in each of his first two seasons 15 touchdowns as a rookie 14 touchdowns in his second season i mean the guy was absolutely dominant he was electric he was awesome uh and to mike shanahan's credit he just said like look man this kid is awesome but i can do this with any running back my system is so good for running backs and he was right uh for the most part that we can trade this kid and I can put in another running back and we can get someone really great for him. Uh, and of course, they end up with Champ Bailey, um, one of the greatest cornerbacks of all time, a first ballot Hall of Famer. By the way, both of these Broncos trades resulted in first ballot Hall of Famers. Um, and, it, it, you know, I love this trade so much because it took some balls uh, to trade away a second year guy or, you know, third year guy. Um, who was just bursting on the scene, a huge fan favorite. Um, I had a Clinton Portis jersey as a little kid. Like, you know, he was the guy. Uh, And they went out and got Champ Bailey, who plays a position that's a lot harder to get glory. Um, And they just absolutely dominated the trade. And I just love that they also got a second-round pick. Like, they convinced the Redskins they were giving them such a good deal uh, in Clinton Portis that they have to throw in something extra on top of the future first ballot Hall of Famer. I think, and part of the Bailey deal that really sells it for me is the Broncos got his best years. Yep. He came to Colorado yep. and immediately became just a straight-up superstar on the defensive end of the ball. So when, uh, as a GM, you have to feel pretty gangster when the trade works out like that immediately for you. Yeah, 100%. And, and it should be noted, like, Clinton Portis went on to have a really good career. Um, he... The next year ran for 1,300 yards. The year after that, 1,500 yards. He later then had a 1,200-yard season, a 1,400-yard season. I mean, he was a great player. Um, but 
he's you know talked about as like a guy who is on the fringe uh for maybe ever making the hall of fame and champ bailey again first ballot hall of famer at corner so uh that one is just it was risky it has it has all the elements of a trade that i really love um but again you know you go back you traded for john elway well that one's pretty hard to beat do you have what any I do, honorable what I do remember about those those teams is like you were saying ryan they could just bring in any running back like practically off the street and mm-hmm. he would like run for 1500 yards like mike anderson like where, where'd they find this dude and he's yep. just this beast it was Tatum one after Bell. another yeah mike anderson olandis gary olandis gary yeah ruben drones i was Aiden really Hillen. hoping we were gonna get an olandis gary shout out on this podcast <laughs> I'm, just, I'm very happy that, that yeah uh, it was it was insane i mean you just that downhill one cut uh scheme was just so good uh and they taught it so so well that it was just plug and play you put a guy back there who can run and and all you got to know all he's got to do is find the hole Ryan, do you have any honorable mentions besides those two? Man, uh, I hadn't thought about honorable mentions. Uh, you know, you got a lot of you guys talked about the ones that are still we're still finding out about. Um, I thought the Broncos trading back in the first round with the Steelers a couple of years ago to allow the Steelers to draft Evan Bush, where the Broncos ended up with a combination of players, but. Uh, essentially Noah Fant, Drew Locke, and then I believe Lloyd Cushenberry this this last season as part of that trade. Um, and, and again, you know, this is one where it's like if. If Drew Locke clicks this year and he ends up being the starting quarterback and he makes a big leap forward and becomes, you know, the Broncos franchise quarterback, well, then that has a case. Obviously, that's a lot further away than Jamal Murray is from Alex English or anything like that. But uh, that's one that I thought was a really well-executed deal by the Broncos. Um Vic Fangio, you know, we're still trying to figure out what he likes in a linebacker. Clearly wasn't a Devin Bush fan. Um, and Devin Bush has come on and been nice. But Noah Fant, great piece, obviously. Uh, Drew, we're still waiting to see. And then, you know, you got another starter on the offensive line in Lloyd Cushberry. Isn't it nice that we can sit here and judge which trades are good and bad based on their statistics and history instead of having to make those decisions beforehand? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's uh- a- what were you gonna say? Oh, I was just gonna say it's. I mean, it's so fun just to think about being in those positions, though. Like making these deals, answering these calls, figuring out the best move for you. Like I just think I, I think that would be such a fun position to be in. And Ryan and a bunch of DNVR members get to do that in their Madden league. That is so competitive and so intense. Um, where literally Ryan will be like, I ha-, like won't stop. Brian and Brandon won't stop talking about a trade they're working up and and looking at plays and watching who's doing what. Um, I don't know how long that wait list is to join that, but we, there's also a PS4 one. So if you're interested, definitely reach out because they have a blast pretending to be GMs and and owners. Yeah, it's actually insanely fun. Uh, I can't, I can't give it enough. I can't talk about it enough. I could do a whole podcast just on that leak. I a hundred percent believe you could. Um, okay, so overall, who has what is the best trade out of all of the ones you guys just argued right now? Um, is there a consensus? Is there just can everyone agree? Is there just one that is it that John Elway? Is it the Patrick Wall? Like, or is it just up for debate? I'll make the case 
for John Elway in the sense that he wasn't yet proven. Now, again, we're splitting hairs here because he was the number one overall pick. But Patrick Waugh was already extremely great by the time the Avs got him. So both of those netted two championships. Um, I'll say that the Broncos get the get the nod here just because they, they gave up very little. Uh, and it wasn't quite a proven player yet. Yeah. I think it's Elway, too, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> One, Patrick Waugh's uh, front office career didn't quite work out like Elway. <laughs> uh, but two, Waugh was already the GOAT <laughs> yeah. at, at the goaltending position when the Avs acquired him. There wasn't a deep dive in any regard. There wasn't any risk from the Avs. First overall pick, Elway, sure, probably a lock, but you're still getting a young kid where you don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. You knew for sure with Patrick Wall. I will say there is a bit of poetry because never in a billion years would Montreal have traded him to Quebec. So... <laughs> The on. fact that they came to Colorado and then the and then deal the deal worked itself. Yeah. yeah, I like that part of it. But is it, then, there's like no comparison today in the NHL of a trade like that. Like there isn't really a goalie that's that good right now. Obviously, you know, not no one's that good except for maybe a couple guys can make that case. But I'm trying to think of like what a trade would look like if the Avs did that right now. Because obviously the Avs already had a great roster. They just needed a goalie to to finish off the. Uh, the, yeah. the the mix there. I mean, on the the DNVR Avs podcast, AJ and I love to fantasize about trading for John Gibson, but in the modern era, teams just don't do that anymore. <laughs> Those players don't ever get moved; they get signed to infinity year deals for yeah. all the money. So, yeah, <laughs> smart. Yeah. <laughs> Harrison Drew, what do you guys think? I think it's probably LA. Um, yeah. I mean, it's either LA or Wah because, like, championships. Right. Um, so I don't think Drew or I's uh, best nope. trades or franchises <laughs> will hold much weight to those. Um, yeah, I, I think it's LA. Agree. Yeah, yeah, all that. All right, there we go. <laughs> Consensus. <laughs> I like yes, it. Yes, okay. Uh, one um, thing I will right. say is – uh, you know, teams don't be idiots towards your star players and Denver teams won't have to come swoop in and, uh, and steal them like, like they did with Patrick Waugh and like they're going to with Deshaun Watson, speak it into existence. There's, there's, there's a trade we're not seeing here. Multiple trades, actually. The Avs trading out their Uniprons for their current <laughs> much, Good much trade. better. Only for them to turn around and ruin it with those blue pants and blue mm. helmets. But mm. <laughs> don't get Ryan started. Look at him. We literally brought him physical pain. I did. <laughs> Honorable mention to that, Rudo, would be the Nuggets trading out their powder blues. For, yeah, there you go. I guess what eventually wound up as their current uniforms. Okay, so I'm not as smooth at transitions as someone like Rudo. Um, is but you know, it's everyone's favorite time of the week. It's who on the week, but also I learned this week that literally everyone just loves when the manscape read is back, and that is officially back. And I don't, I don't know how to transition. And, I got and you. Do... I got you. Okay, go. Speaking, speak smooth. You want to? You want smooth transition? <laughs> Speaking of smooth, if you want to be smooth, below the belt. 
<laughs> there you go. Is the place to go. Uh, okay, yeah, not that one. <laughs> you know, honestly, I think I have never seen a chat react the way that the Avs community reacted to Rudo. It was the Avs had just lost. It was a bad one. Second loss of the season, like second loss in a row of the season. Everyone was in a bad place. And Rudo just seamlessly transitioned into a manscape read. And the chat went wild. Everyone's like, yes. Oh my God, it's back. And I was like, what is what is happening right now? Hey, sometimes you gotta take the low-hanging fruit, shave it clean, and make it look good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Get 20% off and free shipping with code DNVR20 at Manscaped. That's 20% off. Do everything that they're saying. Um, honestly, you've heard that. Oh, what is Did someone just turn on their lawnmower 3.0? <laughs> 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 what was that? Um, okay, well. <laughs> you guys have heard um, from these guys for months now how much they love their Manscaped uh, 3.0. Definitely check them out. Use that promo code DNVR. You can get all the bulk care you need. I don't know how what else to say with it. Just everything that you need, Manscaped's got you covered. And you're right. It's not even after dark yet, but Lindsay loves putting Manscaped on the podcast sheet for me to read. So I need I needed some help. <laughs> All right, now it is time for Who Won the Week. But before we play the song, we are going to look back at last week's results. So give me two seconds. We're going to pull it up here for people watching on the live stream. The Avs getting getting healthy again. One Terrible. By 48.8% of the votes. We only had 426 people vote. Normally we're in the thousands, so maybe that's why the results were so skewed. Um, next up is uh, Nikola Jokic for being a first-time All-Star game starter. Wow, that should have won. Um, and then third place was the Broncos becoming I mean, favorites for Deshaun Watson. The hell even um, is that? <laughs> I, I truly don't know. That's so ridiculous. That was Hank who nominated that, not me. (laughs) Some people think a thing might happen. Let's all get on. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Last place was unfortunately Kyle Freeland for becoming leader of the Rockies, which that's positive. That's not a negative, but it only got 1.6% of the votes. So we are going to move on now to... This week with the song. Oh, wrong. <laughs> oh no, it didn't play. Don't worry, guys. It's cut. Hold on. There it is. If you're not sharing, you're Can sad. you not hear it? <laughs> no. No. Of course. Of course you can. Uh, Let's just pretend um, we heard it. No, everyone loves it. You might not love it, Ryan, but everyone else loves it. So we're going to play it. Just got to. Make sure to click the share audio button. There we go. Who did the most and who did the least? Who was the dog and who was the beast? Who did the bone and the sun? Who All right, yeah. can you guys hear me now? Ryan said you couldn't really hear me. Uh, can you? There's, there's... You're Alibot 2000, not Alibot 5000 now. Yeah. 
Okay, well, let's just start off then. Rudo, you go first. You get 30 seconds to talk about whatever you want. Yep. Uh, I'm going to cede my time to the absolute man rocket, the hottest man on planet Earth. Let's go. <laughs> absolute vibe. Just skating around, sip, sipping a Bud Light, feeling himself out on the outdoor. Should range. be a Breck Brew. It should be a Breck Brew. That's the, the only same, thing wrong with this video. Same family, though, so we'll give yeah. him a break. He Does didn't it? know the words. He doesn't know the words. Yeah, that he was, sings uh, like half of one <laughs> line. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, you know. I was like, it reminds me of when people try to like mouth the words to the national anthem and screw up. I'm like, just, if you don't just, know the words, just, just don't mouth them. <laughs> I would say, though, that Bud Light, kind of comparable to Ocean Spray. <laughs> kind of comparable. Mm, yes. Might as well be juice. Yeah. Well, All right. a generic, you know. He's hot enough to to drink what he wants. I didn't what he wants, I didn't so. see anything that was in his hair. I just saw the hair and the beautiful smile. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the beautiful nature behind that was that like Tahoe, so so pretty. There was uh, stuff the in other- the background. That's yeah. what I was paying attention to. Gosh, guys, sure. come on now. Fuck. Um, all right. Let's go with Ryan. Why did the Broncos or someone in the buffs or whoever the hell you want to say won the week, win the week? Go. Uh, the Colorado Buffaloes men's basketball team and Tad Boyle won the week um, with their huge win over USC last night. Uh, absolutely just mopped them out of the gym. Uh, and in the process – uh, set the program record for wins in the Pac-12 with 12, uh, which is pretty impressive. And for the first time uh, since joining the Pac-12, the Buffs have secured a top four seed in the conference tournament. So really quietly here, uh, having one of the best years uh, in uh, in Time. Colorado basketball history. All right, that was a good one. Um, people in the comments saying no one was looking at the nature alley. Well, I was. Come on now. Um, also listen to what TD says and smash that like button. If you're watching on YouTube, Harrison, why did the nuggets or anyone you want win the week go? Oh man. What a week for the nuggets. Well, the the nuggets had one good thing happen this week. News broke that they're getting a G league team. And look, I wasn't sure if this was ever going to happen. Like, I, I wasn't sure if the Nuggets were ever going to get a G League team. I really thought they might just hold out forever. But uh, it seems like they are in uh, Detroit or outside of Detro- Detroit. They're taking over that team. Um, so I can't wait to get excited about some no-name prospect that Tim Conley is going to find. I cannot <laughs> wait. I'm right. absolutely going to do that. Uh, it I- is about time that they get a G League team. It's long past time. Uh, also, uh, one other good thing happened, Harrison. Greg Whittington uh, upgraded from out to doubtful. Yeah. Um, people didn't know if he was real. It, it was a heated debate. <laughs> he's a real player. He's a real person. He was in uniform last night. And, I mean, I don't know if he's Tory Clay, Tory Craig slash Jeremy Grant 2.0. I don't know, but he <laughs> might be. We can't say he's not until he's yeah. not. Okay, Rudo, why did the Avs or honestly anyone you want to say win the week because you guys have taken over this segment? Go. The Avs won the week because they added another member to the Denim Daddy squad. More specifically, Brandon Saad won the week. Jason Megna as well. Both of them, their wives had kids on the same day. This is why Saad was out on uh, Wednesday night. His wife was having a baby. So congratulations to the Saad and Megna families for 
having another child and welcoming two denim daddies into the universe. Now he's really the sod father. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. Drew's <laughs> <laughs> like, am I really going to lose to that again? Okay. Uh, it's just, just hearing all of the terrible answers I know I'm going to get destroyed by before <laughs> I've even given my answer. It's just brutal. It's just we're coming out here with like they got a G League team and a couple of guys are wearing denim now. All right. No, I mean, babies are cool. That's I got the box really A G League team is like, I'm telling you, I did not think this was ever going to happen. Like, this is, I, I'm stunned. <laughs> All right. I, I, I can get on board. I'm just saying, you know. I, All right, Drew. It's your turn. I'm trying some reverse psychology this week. <laughs> Rockies fans won the week for gutting through all of this nonsense of an offseason. They just announced there's going to be 25% capacity for Coors Field. Some people aren't going. They're never going. They're never giving these guys another cent of their money. You know what? Good on you. Other people are going and are going to have fun. And you know what? Good on them. Rockies fans win the week by being all of the things and still getting to be Rockies fans despite all of the grossness around it, gutting through, being there for each other. That's why they win the week. Love it. Amen. I love it. That was a good one. They're not going to vote for themselves. (laughs) (laughs) They might not vote, but I agree. That one was a great one. I mean, we even have someone already in the comments saying, boo. (laughs) Um, I, you know, Drew, I know you've been going through it, I did promise I would read every five-star review, though. Um, so I have to read this one that was left by Ryan M. Tebow was a bad QB. Sorry, Drew. Five-star review for TDSP. <laughs> Love it. We're still holding a five-star rating. Speaking facts. Speaking facts. <laughs> exactly. Thank you for leaving a five-star review. Um, please continue to do so. Like I said, if uh, you leave a five-star review on the Denver Sports Podcast, wherever you listen, I'll read it on air. Of course, unless you're like being mean, that was a funny one for Drew. But um, <laughs> definitely leave us your questions, um, interact with the post. Like I said, like if you're on YouTube. And um, thanks for hanging out with us, guys, this week. Go get some good company Brett brews. Hang out at the bar, at the DMVR bar. It's going to be a fun weekend, jam-packed with a lot of Denver sports. And you can catch all of our content on the DMVR.com, on our YouTube channel, um, and on all social media. So check that out, and we will see you guys next week.